And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. Uh, the plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to four to six with A and B, your Ohio State podcast on the Athletic. Bill Landis with Ari Wasserman. Ari, we have breaking news. I don't, did you see this? Did you tweet about this? We're recording this super early on Wednesday because Ari's got a social life he needs to, t- needs to attend to. But uh, late on Tuesday night, Alabama passed Ohio State in the class of 2021 composite recruiting rankings. I know. That is that is breaking news. What is wrong with this program? Uh, uh, well, Ohio State's still got some stuff out there, but like I think the problem is, is that we ever – underestimated Alabama's ability to do this like and I'm one of them like I thought that at a certain point that Ohio State's um, lead was just too big and not even the great Nick Saban who had kind of lost a little bit could pass but like it was a result of rivals changing up their top 250 or whatever right like and then to change the composite a little bit I think so yeah Um, so yeah I mean I don't know like I know that like fans take great pride and i think we talked about this on a previous podcast about just like the idea that winning the recruiting crown does mean something but like ohio state's kind of been slow and um they lost to mache adelaide and he was the highest rated four-star prospect that wasn't a five-star prospect and you know it's just kind of like alabama now has one more commitment than them and alabama's class is really really good so ohio state still has jt to him and Emeka Egbuka and guys out there that are um, going to take shape. And then, of course, um, that defensive tackle, uh, Tyleek Williams, I think is how you say his name, is announcing on Thursday, and it seems like it's going to be Ohio State, so maybe they'll hop back over them. But, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a dead heat and something like that's going to be kind of fun. And I guess in a season where a year that Ohio State's not playing football, I guess you can take solace in the neck-and-neck battle between Alabama and Ohio State. Um, but there's just stuff there that, you know, is just reality. And that is Alabama's a juggernaut. Like, I don't know if people are upset about this or like what it is, but, um, you know, I, I gotta go down and I think maybe it'd be a good story idea or something to include in the recruiting bail bag next week, but to see whose ratings changed the most, which you might already know. I don't know. I I didn't look that up. Um, and there's nothing wrong with Ohio State, by the way. I, people are people are sad. I don't need to. I don't need to rub that in there. It's a difference of uh, a little over one point in the uh, scale that two four seven Sports uses for its composite ratings. Alabama's at two ninety nine point four nine. Ohio State's at two ninety eight point two seven. Ohio State's composite average is still higher. Uh, the gap between those two and number three, Clemson, is about thirty points, which is kind of staggering considering how well Clemson recruits. Uh, this is fun. I think this is awesome. Like you said, there, there's no not going to be games fall, this fall, at least on Ohio State's end. Uh, so I'm going. I think I'm just going to treat this Alabama Ohio State recruiting battle to finish number one like a game. And whoever wins just gets a national title trophy. Yeah, we have a we have a question about that. Later, Wouldn't it be cool though? National titles. Wouldn't it be cool? Um, if 247's composite like created a gold trophy for like the war rooms of recruiting coordinators for like national champions of like the recruiting crown like i bet yeah you, they really should i bet you like people you don't think mark pantoni would put that in his office i would if i were him would he put it in his office or would they put it in the trophy lobby at the woody where they have the heismans and the national <laughs> do you think they would trophies? show other recruits that are being recruited that they are the best at recruiting look how good we are at this yeah, yeah and like you should join us so we can get more of these trophies 
Um, they got, they'll hang banners in the woody. The one yeah. thing I'm noticing, just like as a glance over, and I don't know this for a 1,000% fact because I don't know it by heart, but Marvin Harrison is rated 114, and I think he was a top 100 player. Now Ohio State only has 11 top 100 players. God. Where they had how 12. Are they gonna, how are they going to move on with only 11? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, Yeah, if you're, if you're wound up about this, then you probably have to, you know, I mean, you really are going to miss football, but like... <laughs> Ohio State's recruiting class is every bit as good as it was yesterday. Um, and, like, even if Ohio State would would have won or does still win the crown, like, they're still the same class as Alabama's uh, on the other side of it, and they still have to win on the field and win in the development. Like, I don't know that this – if you think that this matters in terms of wins and losses, it only does at the end of the, ro- at the, end of the road when they're playing Alabama in the playoff anyway. So – um, still a great class. Um, still think they have a chance or probably will win it uh, because they have less commitments right now and have some pretty big names out there. As you, I think you're probably coming up on the top targets list thing here pretty soon again too, right? So, mm-hmm. like the last time you did it, the whole th- list was top hundred players. So, like I don't know exactly you know how things are going to shake up from your list this time, but like I do know that Ohio State's really, really in the thick of recruiting some pretty important players still. We have some questions coming up uh, about recruiting that uh, will obviously dovetail off of this a little bit. Uh, some other questions. We wanted to do a, a mailbag show. We haven't done one in a while. And frankly, I think both of us were a little tired of just like rehashing the Kevin Warren bungled the Big Ten's decision storyline. Doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Uh, but we wanted to move on a little bit and talk about some other things. Some There's some fun things in here. We have some questions from our Apple iTunes page where we ask people to leave five-star reviews and leave questions with those reviews. So if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, and you should be, theathletic.com slash 4-6 gets you 40% off. You can ask questions there. Or you can go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and drop your questions in there, and we'll get to those as well. Ari, are you ready for questions? I'm so ready. Oh, by the way, we're at 397 Apple reviews, which means we're three away from you having to go wash someone's car. There was one person who left a comment who said they wish they were number 400 because they live in Oklahoma and they want you to drive down there. Little does that person know, you are now closer to Oklahoma yes. <laughs> than you were when this podcast started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could drive up there. I was at the Choctaw Casino last week in Choctaw, Oklahoma. Um, yeah. What do they have there? What do they have there at that casino? They have everything. What do you mean? What no, they, they have the cherry coke on draft. That's a different one, bud. Oh, it's a different yeah, one. Yeah, we went to. What's one, what's one do we go to? Oh, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, they have the cherry yeah, coke. Yeah, well, unfortunately, in the time of Corona, you can't walk up and get your own draft drinks uh, and casinos anymore. They have somebody standing in front of it with a table, filling them up and putting them on a table, and people wait in line. So you can't go up there. And Landis doesn't gamble and doesn't like going to casinos that much. His favorite thing is being able to help himself to a self-serve soda machine with cherry coke and like i like that about that's right it. um but yeah i i uh i do miss the simpler times where you were able to do those things on your own but yeah all right let's get into your questions uh first question from zach h other than justin fields which player that will most likely not play in the winter slash spring will be the hardest to replace. And I will, before we answer that question, we'll say that I still think there's a chance Justin Fields plays, but he's also probably the most likely to not play. Um, outside of him, Ari, who do you think is the hardest guy to replace? Sean Wade. Like Ohio State already has uh, some questions about how they're going to replace their their secondary from last year, and Sean Wade coming back was the biggest bump Ohio State could have gotten in its national championship hopes because like he was going to play outside corner and prove to the world that he was a first-round draft pick, even though we both already think he had done that. Um, and I don't know, you know, Kerry Combs is kind of a mastermind back there, and they've got some schemes, and of course they've, every position Ohio State has bodies, but to replace him I think would be very difficult. And I don't know that he should play if they play in the spring. I don't know that Justin Fields should play in the spring. Like, I, I, it all depends on how the NFL draft works and, like, how this all shakes up. But um, I think that it's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? That is not my answer. Uh, my answer is Wyatt Davis. And, like, I think there are three very obvious answers, If and Fields is removed from the table, so it's Wade or, or Davis. Um, I wrote a story that's on The Athletic now about guys who could potentially, like, 
benefit the most from this time off. Like it's not ideal for anybody, but there's there's a window here to improve, like hone in on technique or change your body a little bit, and you're just trying to make the best of a, of a crappy situation. So I understand that it sucks, but there there's, there is some good, I guess, that can come from it. So I tried to highlight that a little bit. And one of the guys I wrote about was Enoch Vimahi. Because I think Ohio State is staring at a very realistic situation where Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis both leave and both don't play play another snap for the Buckeyes. And the Myers question is easy because you just slide Harry Miller over to center, but then you're going into your next season with two new offensive guards. If Davis is gone and Harry Miller, your left guard, is moving over to center. And there's not another guard on the roster the caliber of Wyatt Davis. And I guess there's not another corner on the roster the caliber of Sean Wade either, but Ohio State at least has the track record of turning guys into that. And you have Seven Banks and Cam Brown behind Sean Wade, and and I don't think it's out of the question that those guys could develop in the first-round picks. And I don't feel that way at all about what what they have at their guard depth at the moment. If Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers are gone, it's like it's Vimahi, who I mentioned. It's Ryan Jacoby. It's Matthew Jones, who's a former top 100 prospect but hasn't played all that much. And then like a, or Gavin Cup, who would be a fifth or sixth year senior, depending on when they play again next, who hasn't played all that much either. And then a bunch of young guys. So uh, they're pretty thin there. And the prospect of losing a guy like Davis and Myers, I think, is very real. Was that the most Bill Landis answer of all time? Like I, was I got like, excited when I saw that question. I was like, I, I shouldn't have said it's a layup or it was easy when I was talking about Sean Wade. I should have known you better, and I'm sorry I failed you. Like I was whenever like, there's a positional question and you think it's a layup, and then your answer doesn't involve the offensive line, know that it's not. a Well, layup. you did a good enough job because not only was I basking in the glow of you talking about offensive line for two minutes, I also was changing my mind. I think. Um, nice. I mean, it's kind of hard. I don't know if I've changed my mind completely. I think you made a good enough point where it's a coin flip. Um, you know, I think that who do you think which position group do you think has better depth right now? Because like to me, I know that they have um, some spots they'd have to fill at guard, but I think there's better overall depth on the offensive line right now than there is. I think in the there's secondary. better depth. I think there's better depth on the whole line. And if you were going to tell me like Nick Petit Frere is going to kick inside and play guard, I'd feel a little differently. And then you could play like Parrish Johnson and Dewan Jones at tackle, or if Thayer Munford sticks around, obviously he'd play tackle. So. Like overall position group, I think the offensive line is deeper than the secondary. But if you like narrow it down to interior offensive line and corner, I think I like corner a little more. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at Dane Brugler's list right now just to kind of like refresh myself a little bit in terms of who they think is like who he thinks are top 50 prospects because that could kind of change yeah. your mind a little bit. And like Chris Olave is on that list, and I think he belongs on that list. I don't think I would make him the um, answer to this question because as we all know Brian Hartline signed four top 60 players that were receivers last year and they've got a lot of youthful talent with Garrett Wilson but like losing Chris Olave would change this offense a lot too somebody who takes the top off the defense an explosive playmaker who gets open great hands like I know that people uh, are still kind of sad about the way the Fiesta Bowl ended but he's a really good freaking player and like I don't know, yeah. and he like changes the game in special teams. Like he would be a really hard person to replace too. Yeah, I, I think too if you factor in the the premise of the question, which was like other than Fields, like if you if you have a young quarterback, which would probably be the case, a guy like Olave becomes infinitely more valuable because he's going to help out that young quarterback a lot. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think Garrett Wilson's going to be a future first round draft pick, and that's going to like make itself clear as soon as the next time Ohio State plays. Um but yeah, I, I mean, like Alave changed football games last year in special teams, maybe arguably more at times than he did as a receiver, and I, I don't think that that would is going to change. So I just wanted to at least give him his due as being part of this conversation because he he absolutely deserves to be. We got a pair of questions that kind of center on the same topic. One from Michael S through the Athletic, and one uh, Apple Podcast five star question from PJ Cubs fan Cubs. Cubs. Uh, the question from Michael was: uh, With all of the fall high school seasons getting canceled, how many early enrollees do you expect in the 2021 recruiting class? Giving the expanded rosters, it seems like anyone who can enroll should. And he said, "It's not like they're going to miss prom or graduation or anything." And then uh, there's a secondary question off that we'll get to just real quick, Ari. Before you answer that, uh, 13 states have moved football to 2021. So. 
it's it's a lower number than I thought. Others have pushed back the start date, but are still doing in the fall. Others have like a hybrid kind of thing where they're all over the place. But only 13 states have outright just like said we're not playing football this fall. Um, and Ohio is not one of them. Ohio is playing football this fall. So it's not like everyone's canceling, but Ohio State's recruiting class has been impacted by it. At the moment, I think there are 11 guys who are going to enroll early, and that doesn't include anyone who they might get commitments from or, or someone like Mike Hall or Ben Chrisman who are in the state of Ohio who, who might work toward that too eventually. So they're going to have a lot. Like, Do you agree with this idea with the expanded rosters next season? Basically, this year doesn't count for eligibility. In the 2021 fall season, you can go over the 85, which we haven't talked a ton about. Like, If you're a high school recruit, are you enrolling early no matter what, as long as your high school permits you to do well, it? Well, I also think it's kind of complicated because like, in this world right now, we're still assuming that we're allowed to have um, early enrolled freshmen play in the spring season. Like, I don't know how realistic that is, but like, there's no way. They have to make some sort of rule that said... I personally think that only 1% of the t- players that are able to enroll early would even be physically able to do that because of how quickly the games would start after they enroll. But if you play a high school senior season and you're in one of the states where they're still playing or you you go through a season of hitting, you can't they can't possibly allow you to play in the spring. Cause I, I don't even think it's about that. Like I, I agree with you. A like very small percentage of guys who enroll early would be able to actually play. But... I still think there's value in the idea of showing up like and camp starting right away because that's different than spring practice. Like you're you're still getting thrown into the fire a little bit if you're getting thrown into what is a legitimate season and a camp building up to that season potentially or at the very least like normal practices within a season. Like that's it's all like, I think different. they also have to like consider the idea that if you play a high school season that you don't have the ability to even practice right away. Because, like, there has to be some sort of semblance of player safety involved in this. Because, like, you theoretically yep. could play an entire senior season of high school, then go get your head beat in in practice, even if you're not actually playing in games for an entire spring, and then take a few months off then start fall camp for a regular season. That's, like, a lot of hitting on your head for, for one year. Um, yeah. You know, and I know of that's the guys the who question. are enrolling early. Of the guys who are enrolling early, like, Trevion Henderson's not playing high school football. Jack Sawyer's not playing high school football. Kyle McCord and Mar- Marvin Harrison aren't playing. Evan Pryor's not playing. Uh, Sam Hart out in Colorado's not playing. And Jesse Marco's a punter from Australia. But, like, of the the bulk of the guys who are slated to enroll early thus far are not playing in the fall. And, like, if they add Emeka Ibuka or JT Tuomaloao, like, they're not playing in Washington either. So, I agree with you. I just don't know how much of a consideration that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if guys. I were a high school, like, there, there's players transferring out of states to play. Like, I wrote a story a few weeks ago about. Um, the high-end four-star prospect Jake Garcia like moving from California to Georgia to play high school football and it's just like to me I thought it was kind of a weird move and like he explained to me that he's because of transfers and injuries has never played a full season in his high school career and wanted to get a full year under his belt and like I understand like developing in high school is important but like if I were committed to a school in Southern California I wouldn't leave the state of California to go play in Georgia only to move back to California when you could just work out, get ready, and go to USC early. So, like, I 1,000%, if I were in that position, would want to enroll early just to get the playbook, get the nutrition, get into the weightlifting program. At least the guidance of that makes you a faster developer. Um, And I think that Ohio State could have as many as 20 players try to do that. I don't even know where they are numbers-wise in terms of but how does that even matter now if it's all a free year of eligibility anyway? Like, I think that that's kind of yeah. an interesting dynamic. And, like, if I were Ohio State, I would push as many of these kids to be there as possible. So, like, right now you said there's 11? There's 11 right now, yeah. So, like, could you say 17 maybe? 15? I think, yeah, I, th- I, mean, I think you can get to 15 pretty easily. Right now they're 11 out of 18 with the potential for two more of those guys to do it. And I think, like, if, if in a 25-man class, yeah, I think you get the 15, 16 very yeah. easily. They, what did they, they had 14 last year. Yeah, and, like, last year was the best collection of early enrollees ever because, like, I think of the 14 that signed up, like, seven of them were top 100 players or something like that. Like, they had a lot of talent that was infused into the program. Like, if they don't have a limit right now, and, like, I don't know, I was kind of talking to Andy Staples about this. This is going to be such a weird dynamic in terms of, like, it's going to feel like the Woody Hayes era. Like, Ohio State's going to have, what, 75 top 200 players in their roster now? 
Yeah, it's like Bear Bryant had like 150 <laughs> players. On yeah, the like it's yeah. nuts. And I don't like what is the plan? Like, is the plan to go from like 110 or 115 down to 105, then down to 90, then down to 85? Because like eventually, no, well, that's the thing that makes it hard. Off. It's like you only have at the moment, and this could change, but at the moment, you only have that relief for one year. Like, you can go over the 85 for 21, but then 22, you have to be back at 85. Is that the rule right now? Because that's like right so. Now, then what are we doing yeah. then? <laughs> Ho- I, I, it, it becomes very messy if there's no spring season. I think if there's a spring season, then your seniors just kind of play and like your guys play. And I guess like they have that extra year, but you don't feel as bad about telling guys like you don't get that extra year. I know, but what about all the teams that are playing in the fall? They get the same relief. Yeah, I just don't. I, I if 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 full seasons are are able to happen this year, I don't think this gets too too messy. If they play in the fall and it gets disrupted. And they can't finish it, or and if the same happens in the spring, or they don't play at all in the spring, and then like everyone just gets their season taken away from them, like legitimately taken away from them, it gets really messy. I don't, I don't know how you manage. But like Ohio State's going to have 110 scholarship players on one of their rosters in 2020. One in 20 and and this either like yeah, yeah, like in, it's possible in the fall of 2020, fall of 2021, they have like 110 scholarship players. Yeah, I mean, I think they could have done a better job of, like, doing it for, like, upperclassmen. Like, if you're a senior, you get a year of eligibility relief so you can come back and play one more year. But, like, stacking the rosters and then making teams, like, kind of figure out, like, a way to, like, cut out 15 players is going to be a disaster. I think that's the spirit of the idea, which is why the relief to go over the 85 is only for one year so your seniors can play and not count. Um, But in theory, everyone – like, I was talking with Max Olson – uh, who works for us works with us at the athletic and he's doing a story on guys former top 100 prospects who like haven't broken out yet and who might and he was talking to me about Jalen Gill who's at Boston College now like Jalen Gill has four years of eligibility at Boston College <laughs> yeah so like, like Justin Justin Hillier could be a seventh year senior right yeah tough Borland could be a four-time captain yeah it's like Ohio it's a mess. Like, like our team's gonna yeah. oversign as a result of this uh no, they still like that didn't change. There's still a cap on how many you can sign, how many initials you can have. But how like many that, transfers not, can transfer into a program? Like they're gonna have to limit a way for like programs and not like abuse the rule, right? Yeah, but if guys transfer in, they they still at all like the the initial counters didn't change. So like if guys transfer in, like the numbers still all have to add up. It's just that it's basically giving yeah. you leeway to keep your seniors an extra year. But there is a ripple effect that goes beyond that, and there's like really dubious i think i don't know if dubious is the right word but financial implications for programs that can't afford to keep guys on scholarship like to keep more than 85 guys on scholarship yeah. which i think is <clears throat> half of division one probably i'm like really, really bad at math and like we were trying to have this conversation off the mic before uh like i'm trying to think like even if the seniors all come back what about like the sophomores like in a free year like you're pushing everything back a year yeah you're pushing everything back a year in theory, but you also have to like. Oh, I just think like a place like Ohio State, where guys go three and done all the time, it's it's not going to be that big of a deal for the future. What um, about Illinois? Because I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's harder at those places. I think, but I also don't know if our audience cares about. That. Yeah, no, I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> Illinois would have a better chance of upsetting Ohio State if they had better players on their roster or more of them. It's just it's fun. Like I, I think you could see places like that sign fewer guys if they know that they have like really guys they really like who are going to stick around for five years and develop in that way which i think is what you're talking about maybe you don't sign 25 maybe you sign like 20 for the next couple of years um but i don't think it's going to change ohio state's like initial counters every year i think they're yeah. going to still sign 25 man classes and, and let natural selection get their roster down and net ohio state natural selection is a pretty brutal game not just from yeah. nfl yeah. draft that's attrition too Right. Uh, spinoff from that question from uh, PJ Cubs fan on, on the Apple Cubs. five-star. Cubs. Uh, do you think players uh, like Jack Sawyer reclassifying will help or hurt their NFL draft stock in three years? And does your answer vary by position? Mm, no. I don't, I don't think so either. The one thing I will say, like, Trevion Henderson, who's a five-star running back, like at, and maybe it's a bad example because he's not playing a senior season of high school football, but like at that position when the NFL is evaluating you, I think mileage matters. 
and the idea that like Travion Henderson might be three and done, but in that three and done, he's going to play four seasons might matter a little bit um, when teams are evaluating him. That's like the only thing I can think of. I don't think, I don't really think linemen are impacted by this in like any substantial way because I just don't think for the most part they're going to be ready. I think skill guys can sort of acclimate a little better, but off, especially offensive linemen, like it is a rare, rare dude who can come out of high school and play right away. And we're and we're making that even harder, I think, by like literally taking you out of high school and making you play in college like a week later. So I think that's sort of like a moot point. But running back, I do wonder a little bit if if you're if you're a guy who you know you're going to be a three and done running back or your goal is to be a three and done running back, like how much wear and tear do you really want to put on your body in that like bonus season you're going to get? Yeah, I mean, like just the idea of getting the clock started early is just the thing, right? Isn't that the whole point? I don't even know if it matters how much wear and tear you put on your body or if that's even a consideration. I think it's just making it making it so that your clock starts as soon as possible so that if and when you're ready at the end of the process, you get to go. Like, And I don't, I don't yeah, see the downside of that. You're playing another season. You're playing – your clock starts no matter what. If you enrolled in January – I know, but based on like what you fresh- said, though, like a lot of them won't play at all. You're like in – maybe you're practicing, but like you might not play as – you might not play those seasons. And you still would only have one or two. Yeah, years you of might starting. not. You, of course, yeah, you might not. But I'm saying, if you had the opportunity to, I wonder if that enters your mind at all. Like, there's a very real like Trey Sermon. I I would be surprised if he ever took a snap at Ohio State. So if Trevion Henderson shows up in January, I think it's possible that he is in a position to play at Ohio State if it's like him and Master Teague and yeah. Marcus Crowley no, I mean, and Steel. Yeah, Chambers. yeah. I mean, I guess. The upside of starting your clock and being in a position that even if you're good enough to play immediately, that means that you're an NFL player, is not is is far more up than hurting yourself or playing an extra year would be down in terms of wear and tear on your body, especially because the seasons, if they play two in one year or they get an extra season, aren't going to be like long normal ones. Yeah, that's a good. Point. I, I think that I, uh, I think that like just yeah. getting going is 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 the important thing to these. Everybody who comes to Ohio State thinks they're going to be three and done. I don't think anybody comes to Ohio State on a four-year plan. Do you? Uh, no, not no. It's rare. I think. So, like Lyman, maybe. Like, and like your point is like absolutely true about offensive line. Like Paris Johnson and some of the guys who have come through, like even Nicholas Petit. Like these were supposed to be transcendent talents on the offensive line, and like Nicholas Petit is like going into year three and hasn't started yet. You know, like it takes a lot of time. And like, do you think Paris Johnson might be even better? And might be mm-hmm. like a trans, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, real good. Transcendent, real good uh, player. <laughs> um, and even like we don't think he would be starting, do we? Like I think we might, maybe we wouldn't be totally surprised if he hopped Nicholas Petit, but I think the plan is for Petit to start, or was the plan. So like it's yeah. like really, really hard to do that. But like if I'm Henderson, I play those eight or nine games especially if the two seasons count as two years of eligibility, the guy could be in the NFL in, what, 24 months? No, he's still – It's the, the NFL rule doesn't change. It's still three years removed Even from Even if you school. reclassify? He, he's not reclassifying. He's still in the recruiting class of 2021. No, I know, but, like, I thought the question was about Jack Sawyer reclassifying. I think by reclassify. <sighs> Oh yeah, maybe I read it wrong. If you're reclassifying, then yes, I get. I I took that as opting out and enrolling early. But if oh, you're totally yeah. reclassifying, Sorry, we if you're moving, if you're moving to the 2020 recruiting class, then for sure, he's yeah. like that's happening. It's not happening at Ohio State. Like I don't yeah. want to create confusion on that. Like these guys aren't reclassifying. They're just some of them just aren't playing their high school seasons, but they're still yeah. Sorry, like recruits. they are, the, the opting out of senior season to play at Ohio State earlier is different than reclassifying to the previous class. So, and, like, you and I were talking, and I think a lot of the same points still make sense. But, like, that is a um, big distinction. I still think you yep. play early either way. The earlier you play, the earlier you develop, the earlier you're ready to be in draft stock. And, like, you know what, Bill? If you're worried about wear and tear, if you play the first two years and, like, wear and tear is your biggest concern, then you don't have to play your last year. Like, I'm like, the, like, what does it matter at that point? Like, if that's your number one concern, I think the number one concern is getting to the money as fast as possible for some of these guys, or at least developing your body and your ability to play at that level as soon and as fast as possible. And once you've reached the point where you're a future first-round draft pick, then you can make your decision what's best for you then. I'm, like, frankly surprised that that doesn't happen more often just across the board, even before the pandemic. Like, 
the whole goal of college is to put yourself in a position to get drafted in the first round once you accomplish that. Like a guy like Chase Young last year, like he could have said no thanks. Like and like I'm just using Ohio State as an example because it's an Ohio State podcast, but there's players like that all across the country. And none of them opt out of their last year. And like this is a- I don't are there like but like Chase Young wouldn't have been the number 2 pick in the draft if he came out after his sophomore year. If he was a preseason All American last year, and like his body, if he didn't play, if he didn't play his junior year because I'm not coming out, if he didn't play his junior year and just sat, I don't know if he would have been the number two pick. Yeah, I don't think he would have. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he had a really amazing season, and like maybe he went from like nine to two, and like I don't, I'm not an expert on like what the draft stock is, but if you're concerned or the de- the difference in pay between like top ten and top three, maybe it's significant. I just know that the whole point of Chase Young's career at Ohio State, and he loved Ohio State, and he loved playing, and he and I, I don't think he would have been a player to opt out or just using his stock as an example. That, like, if your main concern is wear and tear on your body, then that's what it is. And that was the point of the question. The difference between uh, <clears throat> the signing bonus difference between, like, number two and, like, number eight is, like, $10 million. Oh, that's nothing. It's nothing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I had it in my mind that Chase Young was like in the Heisman conversation before the season started last year. Like people knew what he was. So I don't know if I. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I but like being a number two pick, you have to do the number two pick things. So you know, maybe you're right. And I'm wrong. I don't know. A very important question from Adam G. Chicago or New York style pizza. I've been waiting for this one, Bill. And let's not spend 30 minutes on this. <laughs> Why? It's the most important question. Because we have other questions to get to. <laughs> I think Chicago is great for a treat every now and then. I could smash New York every day. Yeah, I'm New York all day. Chicago. I'm, I'm not the kind of person who thinks Chicago isn't good. Uh, I will listen to the argument that like it's not really pizza, but uh, I'm New York all day. It's what I grew up with. It's what I prefer. It's uh, it's easier to handle. Um yeah, but there is nothing better, better than everywhere. sitting across the table with your best friend at Giordano's at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night at the bar with a big Mountain Dew, uh, a, a big um, New York-style sausage pepperoni, I mean a uh, Chicago-style, and maybe some like buffalo wings or breadsticks or something to get the night popping off, though. You know what I mean? I think it's delicious. Yeah, all- I think some of the Chicago styles are not very good. I think Gino's East sucks. Their crust sucks. But, like, I could get behind a Giordano's pizza um, once a month or every time I'm in Chicago, especially with you, bud. New York style is the every down back, though. Yeah, I will say I uh, I think we've we talked about Pequod's on here before. And Pequod's is like a top five pizza eating experience for me. It might be like top two or three. I'm, uh, uh, it's really good. Yeah, it was. And it wasn't as heavy as the other ones. Right. I still had some think, pretty wicked heartburn that night, though. I mean, you're eating like a pound of sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's like pretty, pretty intense sauce. But yeah, um, oh man, I want some Chicago style pizza right now. Chicago style pizza like ruins your night, though. After you're done, it's over. Yeah. So like yeah. that, like you better like do it and then be ready to go back to your hotel room, set the thermostat to like 60 degrees until you're shivering, and then go to bed with Sports Center on. Like that's my routine. And might be my happy place. We ate it. We ate Pequod's before the Ohio State Northwestern game last year. I had a, a brick of pizza sitting in my stomach, and then I like broke my ankle outside the stadium. We were wa- and ate shit, and KJ Hill's dad had to help me off the ground. We were walking into the stadium, and Bill <laughs> tripped on the sidewalk and face planted in front of everybody. It was incredible, and like he was yeah. full too. I felt for him, and like. KJ Hill's father like grabbed this man's shoulders and lifted him back up to life and like Bill like wiped himself <laughs> off and he had a little bit of a limp but I forgot about that what a day you know what's kind of sad I like the next time you and I walk into a stadium together like when's that gonna be like I get ner- I get like sad about that it's gonna be the Rose Bowl in uh in March yeah <laughs> yep March 17th Rose Bowl yep all right I'll see you there bud okay I just bought a plane ticket uh, here's a recruiting question. Yeah, you can drive. <laughs> here's I might drive. Here's a recruiting question we alluded to earlier from Nolan S. 
Uh, he says, it's been mentioned in several places that Ohio State is looking for four or five defensive linemen in this class with the loss of Toon Mache Adelaide. There are two targets left connected to Ohio State, and this was written before the Tyreek Williams stuff. Uh, if they get one or neither of Taiwo Malone or JT Tuomaloao, do they still try to get another defensive lineman to fill the void? Yes. And they're going to get one uh, in like 24 hours. No, a little more than 24 hours. He's a top today, Wednesday. 50, was he top 160 unless the ranking changed at midnight last night? He's like 166, I yeah. think. But yeah, he's right there. Yeah. yeah. Tyleek Williams, four-star prospect from Manassas, right? Yep. Virginia. Virginia. And like I think he was like the best, um, most influential prospect on Virginia Tech's recruiting board coming into this week. So I kind of feel I feel so bad for other programs sometimes where you like you put your heart and soul into something you think you're going to get somebody in Ohio. So it's like, well, we need this. We'll just go take this 166 ranked player who would be the worst player in our class, but we need the spot. And like it's like you take. And I'm not saying that Ohio State doesn't love him, and he like don't get me wrong, but like it's not like Ohio State's apple of its eye, you know. Like it's like just some other player that fills a need that is really good. But like would have like changed another program, and like now it's just like one of the nine hundred bodies that are on Ohio State's roster trying to get like playing time. Like yeah. the food He's chain like one of these thing. guys. Yeah, and it's like probably it's probably increasingly frustrating because I feel like Larry Johnson every now and then has these guys that he just like recruits on the sneak, and then like you don't know they exist until they commit. Um, and this guy's one of them, and like he was offered in April. He's never been to Columbus. And it's just like, oh, what, what's Larry Johnson been doing for the last two months? Oh, just landing a top 160 defensive tackle that nobody cared to think about. Yeah. And, like, ruining Virginia Tech's existence. <laughs> yeah. Because those types of players at Ohio State. And, like, listen, dude, the kid might be a, a top five pick one day. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to, like, sell him short. I'm just saying from a priority and ranking standpoint, he is an option for Ohio State, whereas other places he would be the jewel and crown of their class. Like, I – Ever since I've like started doing this national recruiting thing and I've been like looking at recruiting classes, it boggles my mind how hard it is for ninety percent of pro- programs to get a top three hundred player. Like you like look at these like recruiting classes and it's like they rank twenty seventh in the country and their number one rated player is five hundred and forty. I'm like, what the hell am I even looking at? Like it's crazy like how far the gap is. And like if this kid commits yeah. Williams on Thursday, would he be the like 14th highest rated player in Ohio State's class? Something like that? Yeah, he'd be like right in the middle. Yeah. That, ha- yeah, that happens a lot. It happens I mean, it regularly. Like, yeah, no, I know. I yeah, just it don't. happens all the time. Like if I were the head coach of a Mac school, like, you know, it's the food chain. You got the big dogs at the top. You've got the middle tier programs like Virginia Tech in the middle. Then you have lower tier American conference teams after that. Then you have like group of five like teams like Mac and, and all that and they're underneath it and like every single time the best player in one of the smaller classes gets like a bump in the ratings or like one offer from a bigger they just get poached and like when it happens like at the end of the process it's just like I don't even know how these teams feel teams sometimes it's got to be a very frustrating existence because it's it would seem very reasonable that you would feel good about landing players like that and then <laughs> you just don't have any chance to do it <laughs> It's a. It's got to be a miserable existence. It's like, do you just like go in and, and like that might be actually just a good story to write? Like, oh, like call, like seven or ten assistants from like bottom feeder, like early in their careers type coaches, and like how do you cope with this? Because like Ohio State's flipped from Pitt before they flipped from Kentucky, like they flip from teams that like are pretty good, like based on like where they are on the food chain, but like. Do you just put your hands up in the air and just go, well, shit, it happens? Like, or do you, like, run your head against the wall? Like, I, I have no idea, like, what the reaction is. Hasn't Urban talked about that before when he was yeah. in Utah and, like, USC just to take everybody they wanted? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then he climbed the food I'm chain. I'm sure we, we – yeah, I think the only answer is to climb the food chain. And, you know, it's just a really difficult existence. And I don't think you're supposed to – I think, like, I wrote a story about this Tyler Macon kid who goes to Mizzou, or who's committed to Mizzou, and he's from East St. Louis, which is in Illinois, but, like, across the river from St. Louis. And this was, like, a month ago I wrote this. And, like, he went to the opening and, like, finished in the top three of the opening Elite 11 thing. And, like, that was bad news for Mizzou. <laughs> like, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> like, you want your player and your commitment to be as low-key as possible. Like, if I were like Elijah Drinkwitz and like that was my quarterback I would be like don't participate in camps like don't go anywhere <laughs> don't even get seen in public 
Because like the better they get, the more likely it is that you lose them. God, could you imagine? Like yeah. Ohio State likes retweeting opening final star camps, and like they're like love like boasting about it. Like if you were a middle tier program, you wouldn't want your you'd want to find that diamond in the rough, and you'd want to keep him in the rough. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. Um, back to Nolan's question. Uh, I don't. I don't think getting Tyreek Williams is any kind of uh, indication that they're not going to get Taiwan Malone or JT Tuimolau, but they really need it. If you look at, and I wrote about this the last time I wrote the top ten targets thing, they really need defensive tackles and like specifically kind of nose tackle types, which is what Tyreek Williams at six three three hundred and thirty pounds is. JT is like a tweener three tech edge rusher. Um, Tywin Malone is probably a, probably a nose too. Mike Hall is more of a three tech, and they're just really thin, like behind Tommy Togiai and Antoine Jackson, two guys who who it's quite possible they they don't play at Ohio State again. Um, maybe they would, but but even beyond that, they have, maybe have one more year left. You you need it to load up on this class. So four or five, I think five is is probably the the desired number now with Sawyer Hall. If they get Malone and, and Toy Malone out, and they'll Tyleek Williams, it's a pretty big haul for Larry Johnson, but it's it's needed, and it's not. It wasn't not apparent to me. I think like two months ago or three months ago, just how much of a need defensive line was. But when you look at these numbers, there's a pretty big gap coming. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, and this is a good this is a good spot. And um, you know, one thing I kind of wanted to say um, that's kind of related to this loosely. If we're done answering this question, but I wanted to know your opinion. Mm-hmm. So in my recruiting mailbag on Tuesday, like I had to answer a question for who the best recruiting assistant was in every conference. And like I was down and like Ohio State was obviously going to win the Big Ten because of all the way they recruit. But like I picked Brian Hartline. Would you have picked Larry Johnson? Hmm. I was very torn about that. I think Larry Johnson is a really good recruiter, obviously. He's a great recruiter. But I think more of his reputation is based off development than it is recruiting. So if we're just talking about like ability to accumulate talent, Larry's great, and I think it's a fine answer. But at the moment, I think I would pick Hartline too. Okay. It's like Larry Johnson had a top three pick or top five pick at defensive end on his roster his entire Ohio State career at one point or another. It's just like yeah, a, and he did it a lot of Penn State too. Yeah, and it just like... I know Bosa brothers came to Ohio State as built-in top ten picks, but like that resume is pretty ridiculous too. Also, yeah, there's there's a, like a, there's recency bias I think with Heartline, but like if you want to if you want to pay homage to like the longevity of just uh, like a legend in defensive line recruiting and development, I think it makes. And he's a stud recruiter. He really is. I felt really bad. It almost felt like recency bias a little bit because of yeah. like what Heartline did last year, but like. Um, one other thing I wanted to do, and I don't mean to hijack this, but I like I've been asked, meaning to ask you about this, and I think it's an interesting Ohio State discussion. There was a question last um, week that I put in the mailbag too that says, "If you were a five-star prospect at any offensive skill position, where would you go?" So I said quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And Ohio State didn't win any of those categories. And like next week, I'm doing defense, and like now I've got to pick between because I don't want to pick them twice. I get called a homer a lot in my mailbag comments, and I'm trying to avoid that. But, like, if you do the defensive positions and you did defensive line, linebacker, secondary, like, would you pick defensive line or would you pick secondary? Because, like, to me, it's like if I were a five-star defensive end, there's nowhere in the country I'd rather go. It boggles my mind how few and far between it is that Ohio State gets at their next post. So they have, they have a first-round draft pick every year. And, like, also quarterback uh, yeah. every single starting corner at Ohio State since 2013 has been drafted. Like, I don't know how to answer those questions. And like, if I, whoever I leave it off of, someone's going to be in the comments, like you're an asshole. And like, I don't know how to avoid it. If I put both, I don't think you could, then I'm an, I'm a homer. And if I put zero, then like, or I put one or the other, then I'm an idiot for leaving off the other one. It's like a no win situation. Both is the answer. So like, I understand what you're saying. Like you're going to get crap for it, but both is the answer. I think you have, I've been dreading this since yesterday. I might not even answer the question to avoid it. There are there are definitely ways like you, you can say like you can say Alabama for one of them or, or wherever. Um, there's a, there's a lot of right answers, but I just don't like I don't know how you people are going to call you a homer no matter what. I don't think you can worry about that. <laughs> I'm like it's, I'm worrying um, about it seven days in advance. 
<laughs> no, I know, but like, it's what are they going to tell? Like, what are they going to tell you? You're full of shit because you they did the yesterday. Out the, yeah, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just like stupid. I don't know. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Okay. I just want to pick know, Ohio State for defensive line and secondary. But like, like ask the answer fine. the question though. Which one do you think is more successful? Secondary. Yeah, that's the one I was leaning toward. It's like the Bosa brothers were like Bosa brothers. Like if you take them away, then, and Chase. And Cha- well, yeah, yeah, I know, but like then Chase is just one. You, you can't penalize it's Ohio like, State for having the Bosa brothers. They had them, and right. Larry Johnson developed them, and the result was there. So I'm not trying to like take that away, but like I think the I don't even know. I've got to do research. Like what other team has comparable defensive end? Like is Clemson the other one? No, uh, well, they had that one class in yeah. was twenty after twenty sixteen, yeah. Um, but I think it's the point of like Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Chase Young becoming top five draft picks is like sort of the expected development, and like Garyon Conley, Eli Apple, and Damon Arnett becoming first round picks is, is not, very much not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, well, stay tuned. Read the story next week, Landis. I'll have you help me. Uh, I got like Iowa Notre Dame fans fired up yesterday. Like that's fighting at each other about who's tight end you. It was fucking awesome. How come uh how come nobody did you just drop an up on there? How <laughs> that one, that how one was come, a pure uh, accident. <laughs> <laughs> how come nobody asked you about um offensive linemen? Where would you go? It was just skill position. But like I yeah. didn't want to infringe on your territory. I didn't like stay out of my uh you know that Walter White scene uh in Breaking Bad where uh he's in the um like home and garden store you know what I'm talking about? And, like, he sees yeah. some other guy, like, trying to buy meth lab equipment, and then he finds him in the parking lot and gets out, up in his face, and he goes, stay off my turf. That's how I envision you when I write about the offensive line. Like, if you guys have followed us and watched um, our coverage and or watched us um, flourish as partners, you will know that Bill wrote about the offensive line 99.9% of the time. Like, really? Like, did I ever write a big story about an offensive lineman ever? Uh, I tried to report I one. You wrote about on, you're about Thayer Munford. I never right? wrote it. Okay, I was afraid. <laughs> good, good. I never wrote it because somebody else wrote a story about it already, and it took my thunder away. I didn't want to be second, so I just didn't do it. Even though it's a fantastic story, it is a good story. There's still time to write it. He's still on the team. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump around here a little bit. We have a script of these questions, but I want to knock some of these quicker ones out of the way. Uh, another Apple five-star review question from Funkle 33 Do stars matter more in recruiting or in Apple Podcast Apple Podcast reviews? reviews, done. Next. Yeah, all day, all day. Uh, Tim J is part of the appeal of the filet fish the price point. At what price point would it not be worth buying, and what's the maximum you pay for it? filet fish is an expensive fast food item. I was kind of confused by this question. Like, It's like two for six or something. Like, It's not a cheap sandwich, and it's not very big. So, like, that's not the f- the appeal of it. The appeal of it is the deliciousness and the steamed bun and the softness of it. It's amazing. Everything about it's perfect, except the price. I wish it was cheaper. Yeah, it's kind of pricey. It's not. Th- I I don't buy it because it's uh, fish from McDonald's, but it is also pricey. You have bought it and you liked it, so let's just. I bought it one time. It was fun. Yeah, I uh, you, actually, you might have bought it for me. No, I, about I don't it. remember. Um, let's just continue with the assertion that you bought it. But like, okay, sure. Arby's has been doing a uh, little bit of a fish sandwich campaign uh, of their own. Have you seen that? Like fish, I have. With like the, it looks legit on the brioche bun, and like, I'm on a diet right now, so I can't have it. But like, I am very, my antennas went up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to cheat on my sandwich. Yeah, you'd be a fake-ass filet fish fan. You get the bucket hat now. You can't go back. Do you wear that? No, that's in a box in my closet, like, with my Jordans that wow. never come out. Like, I'm, what? You, what? Is, Do you know how much that thing's going to... Yeah, what do you think? I'm going to put it on StockX in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, it has a filet fish pin. Go see if you can find one of those online. filet fish pin of a sandwich. Can I trade you... No. Can I trade you uh, three bowl game pins for a Flint no. Fish pin? You can give me the wow. national championship media sign for it. I'm looking at it right now. It really pulls the room together. Landis and I stole um, media signs from the press box of the 2015 
inaugural playoff national championship and like one's hanging on my wall and one's hanging on his and i've for the last six years asked him for his and he won't give it to me i think it's a really cool piece of memorabilia and like i know that people don't i've like been made fun of from my friends for liking it and i don't know why but like maybe if you got signatures from the from like herb street and the people who called the game it might be worth something i don't care if it's worth something i just think it's awesome it has the 2015. Mine says Welcome Media. What does yours say? Buffet over there? No, mine also says Welcome Media. It's just a, it's a bigger sign and it's nicer than the one you have. Yeah, I have one that says Field on Access in the last five minutes or something. I've got two. Oh, that one's cool too. Um, yeah. But like, I think maybe in 50 years, like the inaugural playoff game media sign might be like a collector's item. I'm going to retire on this thing. Go get uh, Kirk Herbstreit to sign it. I bet you could. Take it to the next media availability. Have Urban sign it. See him walking around the hallway. <laughs> the next Could you imagine that? Availability like have, in 2023. Have like a, a, a silver Sharpie and like have him. Well, what do you think your actual, if somebody put a gun to your head, like what do you think the next time you walk into the Woody is? Um, Next August. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I hope that's the answer. I hope that's correct. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, more questions. Uh, do you want to do the linebacker one or the national championship There's one? There's another one about pizza, too. Let's not forget that yeah, one. Yeah, the, the pizza one's a spinoff of the national championship one. Okay, let's, let's do that because if we get the pizza, then that's the shortest route to fun. Yeah. Okay, uh, Quinton M. has a, has a two-bagger. <laughs> if Ohio State plays a full hypothetical spring, he says exhibition season. I see what you're doing there. And goes undefeated. Does it go ahead and pull an Alabama by claiming a national title? First of all, claiming a national title is also pulling an Ohio State. It's not just pulling an Alabama. But I would, if I were them, if I'm Ohio State and I play in the spring and it's like a full spring season or whatever, an eight-game spring season, and you go undefeated and win a Rose Bowl or win a Big Ten title or whatever, I am absolutely claiming a national title. God, that is so cringeworthy. I, I can't even. It makes me like, ugh. I'm not. It's gross. Why is it gross? Why is it gross? I mean, they're not going to just say, like, we're national champs. Like, someone's going to name... Like, the two... Ohio State has eight national championships. Six are legitimate. Two were kind of fake. Uh, One was in 19... Was it 61? They were, like, named the FWAA championship champion. And even though Alabama was the champion in the AP and the coaches poll, but Ohio State claims that national championship. And in 1970, um, there were... uh, Texas was one in the coaches poll, Nebraska was one in the AP poll, and Ohio State was named national champions by the National Football Foundation before it lost the Rose Bowl to Stanford and still claims that national championship. So if someone – I'm not saying Ohio State is going to like go out to the public and say we are national champions, but someone is going to say they were national championship champions, and I would own that if I were Ohio State. Like you mean like put it up on the scoreboard or up in the Ohio Stadium 2020 or 2021, you'd put that up there? Yeah, like if uh, yeah, if something if the FWAA says you're embarrassing Ohio me. State's national champs. Why? Who cares? I I just think it's like disgusting. Why, are, why is it disgusting? It's been it's been far more a part of the history of the sport than the playoff has. Who gives a shit? No, I know, but like, just because something happened in 1961 doesn't mean it happens in 2020. Like that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's also everybody would make fun of them. It would be like the worst thing that you could do. I don't think they would make fun of them. Like Ohio State fans are in a certain era of the of their existence right now as Ohio State tries to chase down Alabama and Clemson and create its stance and its positioning as a top two or three program in America. And like the only way that they'll do that is by beating Clemson or Alabama on the field and winning a national championship undisputed the way that they like to claim from 2015. And you're going to say they ran through Rutgers and the Big Ten and beat Michigan and then go play in the Rose Bowl and then beat Washington State or Oregon and then they're the national champ. It's embarrassing. I think you're nuts if you don't think Ohio State fans would totally own the idea that they were the best team in the country and throw this should in have Alabama been the entire- or Clemson's face. Whoever, like any chance they get by telling them their national championship that they won in the playoff was illegitimate I- because Ohio State wasn't a part of it, they will own that till the day they die. That is legitimately cringeworthy to me. Like I think, like I, I think, I think, that, I think it's hilarious, and I think it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's hilarious, it's like and with fun, college football, great. Like if you think that, like Ohio State, like pulling the U, U, um, 
CF thing is just like weird to me. But that's not what I'm talking. It's about. kind of the same. I'm talking thing. about uh, no, it's not. UCF declared itself national champions and had a parade. I'm talking about reputable outlets who cover college football when this is all said and done and we're pretending everybody played and Ohio State doesn't play in the fall but goes undefeated and kicks everyone's ass and like they're everyone not everyone but enough people who are reputable say that's the best team in the country that we just got done talking about asterisks the entire like last podcast I'm not saying there's not an no, asterisk no 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 I know I'm, I'm just saying like Ohio it's a, State fans will own it I don't know that they will this would be an interesting like poll question like I mean I guess like people would people be like okay? Then I'm telling Ohio State fans they should own it. It's not your fault that you're not playing in the fall. I get that sucks, and obviously you'd rather win the college football playoff and hold that gold trophy up. That's ugly as shit. I don't think it's ugly. But if you go undefeated, and I think it's terrible. you do. Yeah, it sucks, especially compared to the Crystal Football. The Crystal Football is pretty badass. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. But if you go, if you, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I am imploring Ohio State fans. If Ohio State goes undefeated in the spring. Wins bowl game or bowl game, whatever. There's no bowl game, whatever. If you do what we would expect Ohio State to do in the spring and kick everyone's ass, and you didn't get a chance to play in the playoff, but there are enough people saying that was the best team in the country, I would own that forever and throw it back in the face of an Alabama and Clemson fan every single chance you get, and tell them that their championship. Would you was not rename Old Tangy River Road Spring Street, or like what would you like next to like on the corner of Undisputed in Spring? I would name an almost undisputed way. <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. Like, I just, like, I can't imagine a world where Ohio State fans would be wearing 2021 National Championship shirts. Like, like the, the sweetness of winning a National Championship and claiming it, like, from going through Bama and then beating the shit out of Oregon, despite turning the ball over four or five times in the National Championship game, is so immeasurably, that's what success tastes like. And it's just like trying to pretend like Diet Coke tastes good as regular Coke. I'm not pretending that, though. I'm not saying they're the same thing. I'm just saying own that shit. I'm not like you don't have to pretend that it's the same thing. I know. I just think that Ohio State. Just like Alabama or Clemson winning in the fall is not the same thing because two two of the five power conferences weren't playing. I know, but it's it's different because at least in in the fall, five of the six teams that actually have a chance to win it are playing. Like the only team that's not playing in the fall that has a chance to win is, is the, the best one. Well, yeah, maybe the, the best, best one. one. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. But like winning the Rose Bowl and going through the schedule that Ohio State has to go through still would be immeasurably easier than what any team that wins the national championship in the fall would have to do. And I'm not trying to like if Ohio State goes out in the spring and proves it's rocking shit. I'm gonna go to Ohio Stadium and hang about it. <laughs> okay, Boom. well I uh, you let me know uh, how that goes. I just am trying to make the point that I think Ohio State is more distinguished and accomplished than to be at that level. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, they've already accomplished too much and have been meant too much of the sport to, like, start hanging UCF manners. Like, and I know that it's yeah, a different. It a is. UCF it's the same banner. bullshit not, no, thing. Yes, it is. It's not it's real. Not. No, it's not. It wouldn't be real. So acting like it is. <laughs> Nothing's is weird. real this year. Nothing is real this year. No, none of this is if real. Alabama goes undefeated in the SEC. Alabama goes undefeated in the SEC, beats Clemson, and then beats another team in their new playoff, that is way more freaking real than whatever you're talking about with Ohio State right now. But it's still not real. I mean, like, I could understand that. Like, going through without spring, playing with three different conferences, having a few non-conference games in some scenario of it, and then having to beat Clemson on the way to winning the national championship is a far more impressive accomplishment and something that is worthy of being celebrated than what Ohio State would have to do, especially considering the fact that we think Ohio State is at the highest level of the spring spring sports. So, like, I get, like, what you're saying is fun, and, like, you want to, like, talk shit to people on Twitter and, like, have a good time with it. That's fine. But, like, nobody at Ohio State is going to feel, like, warm inside or enjoy it and, like, really, like, own that stuff the way that you're saying it is. It's just going to be a reminder of what could have been. It's not going to be something celebrated. I don't think owning it and enjoying it are necessarily the same thing. It certainly is going to be bittersweet at best if it happens. But it's not nothing. This is why I'm having such a hard time with all this. I just think it's stupid. It just sucks. It's like stupid, but also I can I on another level I can like appreciate the absurdity. Because you have the personality, like you do this to me sometimes too. Like you like ribbing a little bit sometimes, and like if you think that like Ohio State, (laughs) what do you mean? I like your your entire personality is ribbing people. Like you, you rib me under your breath all the time too. But what I'm saying is, is if, if, do you think 
that like Ohio State fans by claiming a national championship are going to be able to elevate themselves higher and like make themselves feel better as a response to the SEC being able to say it means more? Like, is that like the response to that? Is that what that is? It's not elevating. It's not elevating yourself. It's dragging the other ones down. Yeah, and like I think that Ohio State fans that would be painful for them. I think that Ohio I State fans like painful, to like play clips of 85 yards through the heart of the South because he went right through the team that they were talking shit to. Like that, like, I mean, I yeah. get what you're saying. Like, I don't know. I just like, if they hang 2021 national champions in the stadium, I would just like cringe when I look at that. I really hope they do. <laughs> that was a good debate, Dollaby. We should have started with that. Yeah, I feel like that always happens. We always stumble upon a question that gets us riled up at drop, the end. I, I need to do a better dr- better job. Drop-off rate is at 48 minutes and then 49 minutes. Yeah, no one, <laughs> no one listened to that. Hey, if you about listen to that debate and you liked it, leave a five-star review and let us know that you like that debate. We'll try to be like that more often. That's where you tell I don't them. want to ask another question. I feel like I want, I want to end on that. Well, you have to tell them the rate and review. You're the host. You haven't done that yet. Yeah, well, we have another thing we want to do, too. All right, we'll, we'll end there. No, 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 good. come on. One more. Let's go. One more question? Well, you said you had something else you wanted to do. There's also a second part of the double bagger you didn't get to. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Quentin M., after the question that got us all fired up, also said, getting back to the topic of pizza, I'd like to hear you and Ari discuss the best pizza sauces. For me, normal pizza sauce, if it's going to get cold and eaten later, barbecue, if there's a combo of chicken and bacon, and then white sauce slash butter if it is going to be eaten quickly or while I stress eat during a game. Wait a minute, what's white sauce pizza? Is that like uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not. That's not my game. I don't know. I'm not into that. Well, like I, you like barbecue chicken pizza, don't you? That's not like your thing. No, I like buffalo chicken pizza, but only if the sauce is if the base is ranch and not pizza sauce. Oh, maybe that's what white sauce butter is. I don't know. Like, my dad gets white pizza. That's like the base of the sauce is like olive oil. And there's no sauce mm-hmm. at all. And it's kind of like garlic bread, but like pizza. Like, to me, I think sweet sauce, sweet tomato sauce is the best pizza sauce. Um, and like 90.99.9% of the time I eat pizza, it's tomato sauce. I think like California Pizza Kitchen, like barbecue, chicken, bacon stuff. It's like kind of good, but like I never go out of my way to order that stuff. Yeah, neither. And um, white sauce butter. I don't know, Quentin. Maybe you should have a white sauce butter like party, and Landis and I will come. That sounds delicious. I just don't really. I can't really picture like like there's some like weird Italian. I've had some weird pizza. I've had pizza that has onion rings for toppings, and that was le- legit. I've had pizza with baked ziti baked into the cheese before. That's legit. I've had that, yeah. Um, don't they have, like, that stuff on the Jersey Shore, like, all those, like, alternate toppings? Yeah, there's, you can get, like, someone's foot on a slice of yeah. pizza if you want. I've had falafel on pizza. Um, you know, I, I've had some pretty interesting toppings, but, like, I don't know that I've ever had, like, like, having pizza with, like, Alfredo sauces, the base sounds delicious. Like, if you opened up a pizza place that had all these alternate toppings and alternate sauces, I think it would do fantastic. I think people like that stuff, and it's, like... If I wanted to get a fettuccine Alfredo Alfredo pizza right now, like where would I go? I can't. But if there was a place you could, you might want to. I had spaghetti pizza one time. was my bag. I didn't like it. I'm I'm pretty traditional when it comes to my pie. Yeah. Well, they have breakfast pizza too. That's also delicious. It's like a like a different form of taco. Like you you can. It's like the crust is yeah, like yeah. That's shell. just like calling. That's when you get into the scenario where you're just calling anything that's circular than cutting the triangles pizza. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they had it. If they have it at Port Columbus Airport, like I've eaten it with you before, haven't I? Like Donato's yeah, has a Donato's breakfast, breakfast pizza there, and they have like cheese, egg, and whatever else is on it. It's really good, and it's on a pizza crust. Yeah, I'd call good. that breakfast. I'd, I'd call that a pizza. I think. I think I need. Uh, I almost need. I think I need a tomato based sauce for me to consider pizza, or tomato based sauce, or like an, an olive oil based thing, like you were talking about earlier for the to be pizza. Yeah, the white pizza is crisp. I'll give you that, and it's really good, like leftover because it doesn't get soggy. Really came down there after that national championship. All right, just cut it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up this episode, we want to. Um, pitch you guys something we we want to kind of get the pulse of the fan base here i think as we move forward through the football season what we're what we're expecting is to be a football season so we want to have some of you guys like come on the show and talk about 
how you're feeling now and then maybe check in with you during the middle of the season when games are happening and, and how you're feeling then and maybe have a little bit of a therapy session for, for Ohio State fans as they're trying to go through a season uh, without Buckeye football. So what we want to do is uh, send me either a DM on Twitter, I have open DMs, or you can email me, uh, blandis at theathletic.com. And I'm not going to make you do like a hard sell, but just like send me a message, maybe give me a little preview of what you're thinking, and uh, we'll try to get a couple of you guys on the show uh, in, in future episodes to talk about some of that stuff because like – uh, you guys were just trying to figure out how to move move forward without football here. I mean, we figured we make you uh, more a part of the process than you are already. So uh, send those messages to me via Twitter or via email, or you can uh, mail them to Ari's house. Ari, what's your address? Uh, four zero. That was actually the beginning of my address. So I'm not going to stop there. I get enough hate mails on my email; they don't need my address. But every now and then, I get some nice messages to my email too. So like, if you wanted to send like a edible arrangement or something, then hit me up in my DMs. Somebody sent me an email that said, like, stop carrying Kevin Warren's water. And I said, what? And then they didn't respond. <laughs> oh, man. I got um, I got some pretty hateful stuff, but I don't think we want to go down the road right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's end on a happy note. So do that. Send us messages. Uh, thank you for everyone who submitted questions. Again, submit them through Apple Five Star Reviews. We're closing in on 400 or via The Athletic, theathletic.com slash 4-6 gets you 40% off and annual subscription. Thank you so much for your questions this week, and we will talk to you guys next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.